I am unfortunately flying solo tonight, as my two wonderful cousins could not participate tonight uh, in regards to our next episode, which is my favorite episode. So I am so sad that I am you know on my own for this one, but it will be well worth your while to listen. It is our first mock draft. Mock draft is so important to to fantasy, whether it's baseball, whether it's football, no matter what it is, mock drafts are so important because they give you an idea of who will be around, when they will be around, you know, what types of strategies you can employ for your draft. I mean, I would love to have their inputs, I would love to have their opinions, but you know what, I'm flying solo tonight, it is what it is. I'm gonna provide you with the best possible information to get you ready for your draft. And what better way than to, you know, do a mock draft with my insight into it. Um, all right, so we're not going to get into notes. We're not getting into the news going on right now. We'll get that, cover that next episode. We're going to focus 99.9% of our time this episode on our mock draft. So I'm going to introduce what we're going to do. We're going to do a 12-team. Uh, it's going to be you know, it's a pretty standard lineup, a catcher, first base, second base, shortstop, third base. We're going to employ uh, a corner infield position, a middle infield position, three outfield positions, and a utility. And then for the pitching, it's going to be five starting pitchers, two relief pitchers, and five bench spots. I know there's some people who do you know, multiple utility spots or do like five, four or five outfielders. Some people who do things such as like four or five pitchers, and those can be either starting or relief. So we're going to do the, you know, the pretty standard version of what a lineup will look like for most um, out there and we're going to do 12 teams like I said it's going to be a snake draft and we're going to be picking from the 11th position I love the back end of, of the round the round so I like picking in that 10 11 12 in a 12 team league or that 12 13 14 uh, in a 14 team league so it's pretty standard five by five category we're doing combined uh, mixed leagues of NL and AL so here we go we're going to get started I'm going to update you each way, you know, each time we go through each pick. I'm going to update you on who has been taken and what we're going to go with uh, for the next pick. All right, so pretty, I mean, nothing's really uh, crazy about the first 10 picks. We see the best 10 players basically in baseball going off the board, including Trout, Jose Altuve, Nolan Arenado, Trey Turner, Mookie Betts, Goldschmidt. Uh, Goldschmidt falling to six is kind of interesting to me, given the fact that they're uh, using Humidor now out in Arizona. Giancarlo Stanton goes seventh. Clayton Kershaw, first pitcher, goes eighth. Blackman and then Bryce Harper. So it leaves us in an interesting position because our best available players are Max Scherzer, Chris Bryant, Carlos Correa, Joey Votto. We could take Corey Kluber if we wanted to. But that's about the only people I would probably take in that first round. Um, it's a pretty great tier right there. It's the end of that first tier for my players, um, ending with probably Chris Sale. So, I mean, a lot of guys out there, it depends how you want to build your team. I mean, I've always been a guy who wants to to build his team from the batting and then start with the pitching, integrating it in in this third, fourth, fifth rounds. But if I can get somebody like Max Scherzer, who could potentially be a top five pick in some leagues, you know, at number 11, I am thrilled about that. Uh, Max Scherzer is a great pitcher. He's going to contend for the Cy Young every year for a winning team. He's going to get you 200 innings. He's going to get you 200 and 50 strikeouts, uh, 16, 17 plus wins. He is a great pitcher. I mean, I love Chris Bryant. I love Carlos Correa and Votto, but I think the Max Scherzer pick is above that tier at this point. I think it's a it's a great pick. I think he's the end of that, you know, 1A tier. So for me, that's an easy one for me. I'm going to take Max Scherzer. And I don't really usually start off with a, a pitcher first. So. All right, so the next two off the board, I go uh, once again, Corey Kluber and Carlos Correa, two guys I definitely would have taken with my next pick. So Chris Bryant and Joey Votto are still there from that next uh, from that same tier for me. So is Chris Sale. I'm a big fan of both of those, and be able to pair you know Max Scherzer and Chris Sale together would be unbelievable. Um, but the Chris Bryant one's interesting to me because he had a pretty down year last year for a guy that went in the top five, six of most leagues. 
And Joey Votto, who, you know, going in that second round, finishing last year as the number one player, basically, in most fantasy leagues. So this is an interesting one. Uh, I do like Chris Sale. I do like players like Anthony Rizzo, Freddie Freeman, Manny Machado. But I think they're a little bit of a step down. And while it's possible that you can reach for a player because, hey, I'm not going to pick for 20 picks after this, I still think I want to go with the best available players. And for me, it would fall between Chris Bryant, Joey Votto, and Chris Sale. Um, I think Chris Bryant has a pretty nice bounce back season. The strikeouts need to come down. The average and the home runs need to go up a little bit with the RBIs. Uh, but I do like Chris Bryant having a bounce back year. So I'm going to start my team, uh, my, my hitters with Chris Bryant, because not only can he play third base, but he can also play outfield in a lot of formats. So awesome. My first two picks, I'm loving both of them. Um, be able to get Max Scherzer and Chris Bryant. I think that's awesome. And now we just wait. It's the worst part of this is the waiting game. I mean, in this, it's pretty fast because it's a simulator. I love Draft Wizard. I love Fantasy Pros for offering this. It's a great tool for mock drafting. It's unbelievable. It gives you great insight. It gives you, you know, ideas of who might be around in certain rounds, and I love it. All right, so after that, we see a lot of good players come off the board, as per usual. Uh, Chris Sale came off, obviously. Manny Machado, Joey Votto, George Springer, Aaron Judge gone. Gary Sanchez, late second gone. A little bit of a reach for me. Uh, one of my favorite players, Jose Ramirez, gone at 211. Then you see some reaches that I don't love. Uh, you see Cody Bellinger going uh, second pick in the third round. Strikeout totals and his, you know, how they exploited him in the playoffs last year really shows that he has some growing to do. Uh, it's then Steven Strasburg going before uh, Madison Bumgarner and Noah Syndergaard. I do not like. I like Strasburg, but I do like Syndergaard and Bumgarner much more than them. And then we followed up with Severino going in the late third, Brian Dozier, Corey Seager. So some good players going off the board, but there are definitely some great values out there in the third and to the early fourth round. It depends on the type of, you know, types of league you're playing in, obviously. I mean, if you want, you know, D. Gordon is sitting there in the third round, a guy that gets you a good 300 average, could potentially get you 200 hits and the 50-plus stolen bases. So if you're in a league where stolen bases are very important, uh, this would be a good pick to get because obviously Chris Bryant is not going to get you that. Um, I, I like D. Gordon a lot. I just don't think he offers anything else besides uh, stolen bases, runs potentially. Uh, the hits, if he's there, I mean, if the hits are there, the average will be there. So, But that's a lot to go on. Um, you know, it's, I just, I don't know. He's in a new place now. Seattle's a good, a good park for him. I do like D Gordon, but I'm going to pass on this one. Um, Jacob deGrom is still available if I wanted to pair him with Max Scherzer in the NL East. We see Carlos Carrasco, Nelson Cruz, Andrew Benintendi, Encarnacion, Alex Bregman, uh, Christian Yelich, who I love. So for me, this would be an interesting one because I do like Christian Yelich, and I'd be willing to take him here, but I want to see if he falls to the next round. I think he is a very good player, uh, capable of a 25-25 type season. But honestly, I like the pitcher here, being able to go stud-stud, um, and I like Jacob deGrom here. I think it might be a little early for some, but I do think Jacob deGrom is a you know 200-type inning guy, 200-strikeout guy, potentially a 15-plus uh, game winner. So I think that's a – I like the pick there. I like him more than Carrasco. So I'm going to go Jacob deGrom. And then you see D. Gordon and Carlos Carrasco go off the board. Not surprised by either of those. So the weird thing is, is that, I thought weird, it's pretty common now actually, is that Kenley Jansen is popping up as a potential pick here. He's going somewhere between the 31st pick and the 39th pick, which to me is just unbelievably rich. I do not like that whatsoever, um, especially when you have such good players still on the board that can get you way more categories, categories than just saves and strikeouts for the most part. So we see Andrew Benintendi still out there. We see Nelson Cruz. We see Christian Yelich. Um, I mean, Marcelo Zuno, who I like. He had a fantastic year last year, but we are we 
you know, sure if he's going to have that type of year this year in a new place in uh, St. Louis. Uh, this is a tough one for me because there is such great value out there. Starling Marte getting your stolen bases. Andrew Benintendi, who does just about everything well. Encarnacion, another guy. Um, I, I think I, this one's an interesting one for me because Christian Yelich is still there, and I do like Christian Yelich very, very much. So a fourth-round value for Christian Yelich I think is a great value. Um, I do like him the most out of any of the players still available, so I'm actually going to go Christian Yelich. It's a close one between him and Benintendi, but I do like Christian Yelich more. Uh, just based on his little bit more power, and I think the hitting, you know, the, the fact that I think he has the capabilities uh, in Milwaukee to put up 25 home runs and potentially 25 stolen bases. All right, awesome. Off to a great start. Now we don't pick for 20 freaking picks, but it is what it is. We started off with Chris Bryant, Christian Yelich as our first two hitters, and Max Scherzer and Jacob DeGrom as our first two pitchers. I love that combo. Uh, it's a great one-two pitching combo. All right, so a lot of good names come off the board yet uh, once again. We see Kenley Jansen right after I picked Christian Yelich. Uh, we see a lot of pitchers come off the board. Uh, Justin Verlander, Zach Greinke, Craig Kimbrell, another relief pitcher going, Alex Bregman, Andrew Benintendi. Daniel Murphy has gone off the board at 5-1. Um, I obviously think that this system has not updated the fact that his injury is going to plague him for a lot of the season. Um, we see Hugh Darvish come off the board, Edwin Encarnacion, Robbie Ray, who's... I, I like Robbie Ray. He's struggled a little bit the uh, last few games but in spring training, but I do like him. Marcelo Zuna, another great player coming off the board. And we see our second catcher come off in the end of the uh, fifth round, Buster Posey. That's uh, Once the Buster Posey goes off the board and Gary Sanchez go off the board, that entire catching tier drops exponentially because there really isn't a next tier. All right, so... We have a good position player in Chris Bryant and another good position player in Christian Yelich. I would like to build some hitting up now. Um, I do like to go best available player, so if I can build it up through pitching as well, points are there, great, I'll take it. However, I do need to you know, make sure that I cover my, uh, my bases, no pun intended, by making sure that I have the best available hitters as well. So there's some good players still out there. Love the picks. I mean, I have I see you know Byron Buxton, who I think is another guy just like Christian Yelich, who has the capabilities of putting up a 2020 season, 25-25 season. I mean, I think his defense is so good that it actually affects him because injury is a possibility. Not that I'm worried, but uh, we see Elvis Andrews still out there, who I like very much. I think it's a little early for him, but I would like uh, him in that maybe that sixth round, so the next pick coming around. Uh, big fan of Jonathan Scope, who's still there, Xander Bogarts, Andrew McCutcheon, Yoannis Cespedes, Chris Davis uh, in Oakland, who hits going to hit you 40 home runs and 100 RBIs. Granted, he's going to strike out 175 times. Is it worth it? I'm not a huge fan of it. I'd rather um, you know lose that uh, strikeout category every time and hope that my hit you know my hitters get me that 25 to 30 home runs. So. I'm uh, I'm looking at AJ Pollock potentially another guy whose injury history is uh, not exactly on his side, but I, I really like Byron Buxton here. Um, I like Jonathan Scope here, so I'm gonna I'm gonna pick both of those with the hope that one of them falls to me. And I think the one that's more valuable to me is probably Byron Buxton because of what his capabilities are. So I'm gonna take Byron Buxton. I do like him very very much, and I'm gonna hope that you know if if he doesn't fall if Jonathan Scope does not fall to me, I'd be perfectly fine taking Elvis Andrews or AJ Pollock. And Chris Archer and Wilson Contreras both come off the board, so I am in luck. I do like Jonathan Scope. He is a 25 to 30 home run, uh, no doubter in my opinion, and he has the capabilities of putting up 100 RBIs with a 300 average. So I am a huge fan of him. So I'm going to take him right now and to not look back. 
I really like the way this team is shaping up. Jonathan Scope, Chris Bryant, Christian Yelich, Byron Buxton, and my two pitchers are Max Scherzer and Jacob deGrom. I really like that team. Really big fan of that team. All right. So now we're into the late seventh round. My pick is up. Um, Dallas Keuchel off the board. Araldis Chapman, another relief pitcher off the board. Aaron Nola, Garrett Cole, some of the other pitchers off the board. Uh, some of the hitters we've seen go. Uh, Chris Davis, like we said, mid-sixth. Uh, Elvis Andrews goes the first pick of the seventh round. Not a fan of the James Paxton pick as uh, the last pick of the sixth round. I think that's a little rich. And the Justin Turner in this, you know, early seventh. I mean, is we don't know exactly what's going to go on with his injury. Oh, didn't cover that, but you know, his injury is definitely a possibility that could plague him. Uh, we're not sure when he will start the season. And then we see some other good position players coming off the board at positions that are, you know, a necessity because they are kind of slim. And that's a shortstop position, especially. We see Xander Bogarts go off the board in the late seventh. Uh, Eric Hosmer in the mid-seventh, I'm not a huge fan of. And then uh, the pick before us is Andrew McCutcheon, which I do like in that late seventh round. All right, so a lot of a lot of good values still out there. Miguel Cabrera in the seventh round. Uh, Ryan Braun, Travis Shaw, teammates in Milwaukee out there in the seventh round. I'm a huge fan of Travis Shaw. Uh, we see players such as uh, Masahiro Tanaka out there as the number three pitcher, potentially. Um, Adrian Beltre, another guy I'm a huge fan of. Uh, Shohei Otani, who I am not a huge fan of. Uh, right now, given the fact that he's performing pretty underwhelmingly. Um, and then we see, you know, Jake Arrieta in a new place. Miguel Snow, who is has the capabilities of hitting 35-plus home runs. David Price, who's outperforming what I thought he would do to this point. So a lot of possibilities. I do love myself some Miguel Cabrera, um, I think. But if I can get him with that next pick, I would be very happy. Um, I think we have, my team has, you know, Jonathan Scope, 25-plus home runs. Chris Bryant, 30-plus home runs. Christian Yelich, 20, 25 home runs. Same with Buxton. I think the, the steals could potentially be there between Yelich and Buxton. Right now, I'm just looking for a guy who can hit a good average here, uh, potentially hit me, you know, 25 to 30 home runs, drive in 80-plus RBIs. Um, and honestly, I, I'm a big fan of Travis Shaw here. I think he can play, you know, I think in some leagues he has the capabilities to play third base and first which gives him a huge leg up in my mind, and I would be very happy if Miguel Cabrera fell to me. There's not a huge, you know, not a pitcher here I'm huge on. Um, I do like Jake Arrieta as my number three, if possible. Uh, but other than that, I mean, to be Roberto Ozuna uh, as my first relief pitcher, and that's a team, Toronto team, that I'm not a huge fan of this year. So I'd rather wait on a closer that's going to be, uh, you know, closing for a team that has the chance to win some games. Uh, so for now, I'm actually going to go with Travis Shaw. I like him in this late seventh round pick. Roberto Ozuna and Shohei Otani off the board, leaving Miguel Cabrera waiting in the wings for me, and I absolutely love it. The guy has won the Triple Crown before. He's an you know multi-MVP winner. I just I don't understand you know the fact that you know yeah he's 34 years old, but you know what? So is Ryan Braun. I mean I see him sitting there too at 34 years old, and we think that he's going to have a better year than Miguel Cabrera. Absolutely not. I love Miguel Cabrera. I know Detroit's going to stink, but he's still going to put up his his usual numbers. Last year was not a great year for him. Injury plagued a little bit, but I do like Miguel Cabrera very much. Wow, so this team is, is really rounding into form, and I love it. Uh, Miguel Cabrera, Jonathan Scope, Chris Bryant, Christian Yelich, Byron Buxton. I have uh, Travis Shaw at my utility right now. Um, and my two pitchers are Max Scherzer and Jacob DeGrom. All right. So I had to wait... Uh, I had to wait 20 picks yet again. That's why I don't like, you know, I don't like this as much right now. But it is what it is. I do like the 11th pick. Uh, it's a great place because you get to get to pick two picks out of basically four, which is great. Um, you get to, you know, load up on people you think are very valuable in a short time frame in the draft. All right, so DJ LeMahieu gone. David Price, Jake Arrieta, 
two pitchers off the board, Felipe Rivera and Cody Allen, two more relief pitchers gone. I liked both of them very much, wasn't willing to reach on them. Another relief pitcher off the board, two relief pitchers off the board in the ninth round is Ken Giles and Edwin Diaz. Like Diaz, do not like Giles, so take him. Adrian Beltre going in the first pick of the ninth. And Matt Olson, the last pick of the eighth, liked both of them very, very much. Um, Yasiel Puig gone, Johnny Cueto gone in the ninth round. Like that value. And then Joey Gallo is the pick right before me in 9-10. I hate that pick. Joey Gallo is going to get you 40 home runs. Fantastic. He's also going to get you 205 strikeouts and a 210 average. So, hard pass. I like guys who can round out categories in almost every way. I do not like guys who can just get one category. And I will most likely avoid taking them unless it's an absolute loot necessity. So Rubnet Odor still sitting there, still won't take him. I do not like him. He has the worst strikeout-to-walk ratio, or at least the top three worst uh, walk-out-to-strike ratio. Walk-to-strikeout walk strike ratio. Uh, Trevor Story is still sitting there if you needed the home runs. Ender and Ciarte sitting there if you, you, know, you need a guy who gets you 180 hits and uh, you know almost 300 batting average. John Lester, Lance McCullers, Adam Jones, uh, well, the fragile Rich Hill. Uh, Luis Castillo is a nice sleeper pick. I do like him very much. Uh, there's still some good value out there. I like Nick Castellanos, Ryan Zimmerman. Uh, some good value, for sure. Um, I mean, Kyle Seeger is a great value here. I mean, I think he had a pretty down year last year, but if I can get him at you know at the last pick, uh, second to last pick in the ninth round, I think that's great. But I'm actually going to go in a different direction here. I think I would like to round out the category of hits um, and another pitcher here. So for me, the rounding out the hitting category here is going to be Ender and CRT. I do like him very much, but I'd rather wait on the next pick to take him, and I'd rather take my best available starting pitcher. Um, relief pitching wise, I could go here. I mean, it depends on how you want to look at your board. Um, uh, there's there's some good value still out there when it comes to pitching. The more I look at this, it's actually a little bit tricky because I do like John Lester, and the fact that he can be my number three is awesome. Um, he doesn't have to be my one, and a guy who can, you know, he's done it before, he'll do it again. He's going to get you, you know, 12, 13 plus wins, potentially more for a good Cubs team. Or I could go relief pitching here. You know, we see Wade Davis still sitting there out in Colorado. He's going to get a, a lot of opportunities there. Uh, Brad Hand, who's not going to get a ton of opportunities, but will get you a plethora of strikeouts. And then some guys that are a little bit lower tier um, for closing purposes, guys who, you know, they have the possibilities of having a good showing each and every time they're out there, but I'm not sure what their you know full capabilities are. Um, and I, I think I might want to wait on the relief pitching. I think there's some some good value still out there at the relief pitching category that I can load up on three and feel comfortable a little bit later on. So I'm going to take the best available starting pitcher at this point, and it's got to be between John Lester and Lance McCullers. I'm going to say Lester just because Lance McCullers is kind of getting moved down slowly but surely. I mean, I, we see Charlie Morton emerging as the number four in Houston, and I think Lance McCullers as the five is okay because he's always going to be going up against uh, their number five starting pitcher, which is always a good uh, you know, good value. But I like John Lester. I still think he has the capabilities of being an ace in, uh, in baseball. So I'm going to take John Lester here. And hey, in the ninth round, I love it. All right, so Rugnet Odor finally off the board. Jose Barrios goes, who I'm like, a little bit of a fan of. I like him. I think he's a good player. All right, so we still have some good players still out there. Edwin, uh, Ender and Ciarte still out there. Um, Justin Smoke, Luis Castillo, uh, Rysel Iglesias, Jake Lamb, who's fallen a lot since Arizona has implemented the Humidor, as we discussed before. I mean, right now I'm sitting with two outfielders, uh, two third basemen, a first, and a second baseman. Um, I do not like filling a lineup. I like filling my team with the best available players, so I really don't look to fill a uh, lineup that way. 
um, especially because you know a corner infield and a middle infield position make it really much more expendable to add players. Uh, so Kyle Seager's still sitting out there. I think he is well worth this pick. I mean, I can play him at my corner infield. I can play him at you know utility. I can play him at third base, depending on how you know my team shapes up. So I love it. I know I will have three you know three third basemen at this point, but I think all three of them have the capabilities to put up 25 plus home runs and contribute in a lot of categories. So I'm going to take Kyle Seager here. I'm sure that's not a you know family friendly pick here. I mean, they don't like that, but hey, sorry, got to do what I got to do. All right, so here we go. Some of the players that just came off the board, uh, Nick Castellanos, Sonny Gray, Alex Wood, Ian Kinsler. We see Lance McCullers go off the board at the end of the 10th. Trevor Story at the end of the 10th. We see JT Realmuto, who is a very good catcher in his own right. However, he's playing for a Miami team that is tanking. Um, Ronald Acuna, our first uh, big rookie coming off the board in the middle of the 11th round. Trevor Bauer, who I love very much, uh, going off right before that. We see Luis Castillo, um, Wade Davis, and Sean Doolittle, two relief pitchers back-to-back, gone. So we're sitting here, pretty good position still. I like where we are. Ender Inciarte has fallen to us. Um, I think our best course of action here is to take him because of what he does, what he brings to the table, which is a lot except home runs. But he can still hit you that 8-10 to home run, which I don't really need. I have plenty of guys on my team who can hit home runs. I am not doubting that. I'd rather get somebody who can hit, you know, hit me 295, drive in, you know, maybe 40 runs, but score, you know, 100 runs and, you know, have 15 strike, uh, 15 steals, low strikeout rate. I like it. I like Ender Ciarte. Uh, I like the Braves more than most this year. So I think they're building towards a brighter future, and I like Ender Ciarte. Um, not even going to tell you who's left on the board because we will do that with the next pick, which I have in two, th- uh, three picks from now. So Rysel Iglesias and Zach Godley both gone. Not, you know, I would have taken Rysel Iglesias uh, if he was there. I don't like the opportunity in Cincinnati, given the fact that the team kind of stinks. But I do like his strikeout rates. I do like that he plays more innings than most closers. He does pitch a little bit more than most closers. He'll come in for the 8th and the ninth sometimes. But Brad Hand is still sitting there. I mean, I think he's a he's a, a candidate that could be traded midseason to a contender to be their closer, whether it's someone like St. Louis who needs a closer. I mean, there might there's plenty of opportunities out there. You know, Houston, who it might, you know, turn to Davinsky, but also if, you know, Ken Giles doesn't perform the way they need him to, could potentially deal for someone like Brad Hand to be their closer. So I like Brad Hand. I think he gets you the strikeouts. He might not get you a ton of saves, but he's going to get you some innings. He's going to get you a lot of strikeouts. You know, you're looking at 115-plus strikeouts from a closer. Uh, I just love the value here. So I'm going to take Brad Hand with my you know, my pick in the second, uh, the twelfth round, which is just ridiculous. All right, so my team is shaping up really nicely. Miguel Cabrera, Jonathan Scope, Chris Bryant, Christian Yelich, Byron Buxton, Ender Inciarte, Travis Shaw, Kyle Seager, Max Scherzer, Jacob Degrom, Brad Hand, uh, John Lester. So I like the team very, very much. Um, all right, so let's keep going here. Uh, once again, wait, had to wait 20 picks yet again. But we see some good names come off the board. Another guy I'm a huge fan of is Ozzy Albies. Goes right after I pick Brad Hand. Jake Lamb, Brandon Morrow, uh, Javi Baez, who I think a little early in the 12th, given the fact that Ian Happ is going to get a pretty big share of that time, maybe at second base or shortstop, depending. Uh, we see Marcus Stroman, who, eh. I just, I don't like anybody in Toronto this year. Luke Weaver, one of the young guys out in St. Louis. Jamison Tyon, another young guy out in Pittsburgh. We see Colomb, uh, the closer out in Tampa Bay, gone. And then uh, Jay Bruce, Yadier Molina, Yohan Moncada, who is, uh, you know, a star on the rise in, in Chicago on the south side. 
And then uh, Marwin Gonzalez and Jay Bruce, two guys I'm pretty big fans of this year for, you know, for home runs, for RBIs. Uh, Marwin Gonzalez had a nice year last year. I think he continues that again for a great Houston team. All right. So looking at our best available players at the moment, we have Ryan Zimmerman, who might have outperformed his year. You know, last year might have been his best year of his career. Can he outperform it this year? Not quite sure. Um, Adam Eaton, who's coming off a you know severe injury in a torn ACL. Gregory Polanco still out there uh, for Pittsburgh. Guy who can hit you 20 home runs, steal 20 bases. Ian Happ, who we talked about. Uh, Ian Happ is, I just, I know his strikeout rates are high. His average isn't fantastic. But a guy that, you know, has the ability to hit 30-plus home runs for the Cubs. Um, drive in 80 plus RBIs. I'm a big fan of his. Greg Bird coming off some injuries for the Yankees. Uh, Evan Longoria, new, uh, you know, a similar face in a new place out in San Francisco now. Um, Manuel Margot out in San Diego, stolen base type guy. Adubel Herrera. So there's still some good guys out there. We can look at Michael Conforto's coming up. I know he's going to miss some time, uh, but a guy who, you know, 20 plus home runs, 75 plus RBIs. I mean, he's a hits for a good average. So, you know, some, there's some still some good value. Paul DeJong is still out there. I do like Paul DeJong. I think he's still growing into himself. He's still trying to figure out, you know, his place on the Cardinals, but he hits home runs. He can drive in runs. The problem is he strikes out so much. Well, so where do we sit? We I don't like filling positions. I don't whatsoever. Um, I mean, I see Gregory Polanco still out there. But I do like the fact that Ian Happ can be put in the outfield or at second base. Sometimes in some leagues, he can be looked at at shortstop, which is just incredible. Uh, same with Paul DeJong. So for me, it's going to be between the two of them. Um, I, I think they're both very, very, very similar players. They're both guys who still need to do some growing, um, need to you know take their pitches from time to time. Neither of them likes to take pitches. Uh, the pro, you know, the thing is, is that you love them because they, you know, they can hit home runs. Uh, they can drive in RBIs. They need to just learn how to walk more. They need to learn how to hit for average a little bit more. And they're both very young. Um, so for me, it's a it's a toss up. I mean, you're looking at you know two guys who are 24, 23 years old. I do like Ian Happ just a little bit more though than Paul DeJong. So I'm gonna go with Ian Happ. All right, Ryan Zimmerman and Paul DeJong both off the board. I do not hate it. It is what it is. So I could keep. I'm gonna keep building uh, my strong lineup here. Uh, Gregory Polanco is a possibility here, or I could go starting pitcher. Uh, the best starting pitchers available: Charlie Morton, Michael Fulmer, Chase Anderson, Kenta Maeda, Drew Pomerantz, Blake Snell, who a lot of people are high on this year, gonna take that step forward. I don't see it. Uh, Lance Lynn, who signed with Minnesota recently. Uh, but for me, I think this one, I, I think I like and build, you know, a pretty strong uh, pitching rotation over the next few rounds, and it's going to start with Charlie Morton. Uh, I love Charlie Morton. His stuff is absolutely filthy. We saw him with a huge bounce back here last year. I don't expect anything less than that this year for an even stronger Houston team that won the World Series. So for Charlie Morton to be my number five pitcher, no, number four pitcher, I mean, is just, I love that. So I'm going to go with Charlie Morton as my number four and draft him right here. And it's great. I can keep building my starting pitchers up, uh, you know, in rounds 15, 16, 17, 18. Uh, there's still some fantastic value out there. There always is. I mean, we still see some people out there like Lance Lynn, Cole Hamels, Michael Waka, Rick Purcello, Julio Tehran, Aaron Sanchez, Tanner Roark. So much value out there for starting pitchers. 
I do not like drafting a catcher early on unless I know I'm going to get someone like a Gary Sanchez at his value. The problem is, is that, like we said before, Gary Sanchez went in the second round, late second. So for me, that's a little rich for my blood. And now we see a huge break off in tier here. I mean, you know, Wilson Ramos is the best available catcher. And to take him here when there's still some, you know, some great value out there and other positions is silly. Josh Bell still out there, you know, as a first baseman uh, to back up Miguel Cabrera. I mean, you still see some great starting pitching, like I said. Brett Gardner's, uh, you know, Evan Longoria, Adubel Herrera, Trey Mancini, who's, you know, coming into his own as a pretty decent hitter out in Baltimore. Uh, then we see some good guys to bounce back from their years last year, and that is Jonathan Villar and Jason Kipnis. I am a big fan of both of them. Um, I think they're, you know, both going to have pretty good years this year for two good teams. Um, so for me, they don't just, the problem is they just don't fill the positional need. Uh, once again, I'm not a person who likes to just take pitcher, you know, players and pitchers just because they fill a, a role, uh, on the starting lineup. I want to make sure that I'm building the best available players into that team. So if I'm going off of that mindset, I can look at Anderson Simmons later on and I can, as my shortstop, I can look at a catcher later on, such as, you know, Alex Avila or Austin Barnes or Jonathan Lucroy. Um, and I like that. So for me here, I'm going to look uh, best available player. And for me, the best available player is going to be either be Josh Bell or it's going to be one of the starting pitchers. Uh, the belief pitching out there, I'm not a huge fan of. I mean, I could. Oh, God. Now that I look at it, actually. Oof. Blake Trinan. Blake Trinan is still out there. Brad Brack is still out there. I do like both of them. Um, I have two picks here, you know, out of the next four. And I do like both of them. So for me, I'm going to take um, Josh Bell here, and I'm going to take one of the relief pitchers. I think that puts me in the best uh, place. So Josh Bell here in the 5'11 pick. Kyle Schwarber and Omar Mazzara both come off the board. And I'm going to take the best available relief pitcher here to kind of solidify that. And I have Blake Trinan, who I am a big fan of this year, actually. So Blake Trinan, my next player off the board. Boom. Done. All right, so... We're building a strong team here. Love every second of it. Our starting pitchers at this point are Max Scherzer, Jacob deGrom, John Lester, and Charlie Morton. Our lineup is Miguel Cabrera, Jonathan Scope, Chris Bryant, Christian Yelich, Byron Buxton, Ender Inciarte, Travis Shaw, Kyle Seeger, uh, Ian Happ, Josh Bell. Uh, some great hitters. So uh, at this point, honestly, I'm just going to take players that I need and players that benefit me in the long run. I'm not I'm not trying to get cute here. I'm not trying to go crazy. Those later picks are going to be for those, you know, those guys I take a flyer on that might pan out. Um, so I'm just going to, you know, try to build a strong team here. I still need to fill the shortstop in the catcher position. Um, but for me, honestly, like it's I, I'm not too worried. I really I'm not. I'd rather keep trying to build uh, good players here. And honestly, Jonathan VR is still sitting there. I think Milwaukee uses him well again this, you know, this year after a poor you know, season last year. Do I think he returns to 2016? Probably not. But I think he finishes somewhere in between. So I'm going to take Jonathan VR here. All right. So some good starting pitching came off the board before that I didn't talk about. Uh, Aaron Sanchez, gone. Um, who else? Cole Hamels, gone. Kent Maeda, gone. So there's still some good value out there for starting pitching if I wanted to go that route. Um, and there's also the possibility of uh, taking my shortstop here. I'm going to go pitcher, though. I like the starting pitching uh, values that I can get here with Rick Porcello, Julio Tehran. Uh, Alex Cobb did sign 
with the uh, Baltimore Orioles, which is a good you know good decision for him for sure. Uh, there are some guys later on in the starting pitching you know category like Matt Harvey that are having a very good spring that I think could you know potentially roll it over into the regular season. So right now I'm going to take Rick Porcello. I love Rick Porcello. I think he has the capabilities of returning somewhat to form from a few years ago when he won his Cy Young. Uh, last year he was pretty awful. He had a, what 17 uh, 17 losses. He looked pretty lost out there for a good Boston team. But I think that he bounces back a little bit, and I like him this year. Still only 29 years old. Get you 200 innings, get you 200 strikeouts. Love that kind of value. All right. We're only going to go two or three more rounds here, kind of wrap this up. And one of those picks, I'm going to take my catcher because he is sitting there, and if I can get him in the 19th or 20th round, I am thrilled. Uh, not a huge fan of him in total, but I do like the value, and that's Jonathan Lucroy in Oakland. I said if he was going to go anywhere... Uh, Oakland would be a great place because they really don't have a starting catcher that's worthwhile of anything. So Jonathan Lucroy is still sitting out there, and I think he is well worth taking here. He fills my need, and he uh, you know potentially could return to a decent form out in Oakland. Not the best hitting park, uh, but they're going to need his services for sure. So I'm going to take Jonathan Lucroy there. Uh, next pick. Um, once again, not trying to fill the shortstop position just because, so I'm not going to. I mean, Andrelton Simmons uh, still might still be out there. But even if he's not, uh, there's plenty of shortstops that I could fill a team, you know, a team with. Tim Anderson is still out there. Addison Russell is still out there. Jorge Polanco, who I'm a decent, you know, decent fan of. Uh, I know he's suspended at the moment, but it is what it is. Ahmed Rosario, um, Brandon Crawford. So guys who don't get enough love. Yes, they don't do a, you know, a ton of categories. But at the same time, you know, someone like Brandon Crawford could potentially hit you 20 home runs, 65, 70 RBIs. Um, you know, a decent 270-plus, you know, average. I don't hate it, especially if I can get him late. Uh, so at this point, I'm just going to take the best available player. I mean, I'm going to get a guy who can get me stolen bases, potentially, hit me a 260, I mean, a 280 to 300 average. Uh, that's Odubel Herrera out in Philly. I like the value. I like the pick. I think it makes a ton of sense. He's going to be probably their best player. So I'm going to take Odubel Herrera here, okay? And my, I'm going to do just two more picks and then wrap this up. Um going to take the best available players and i'm going to finish with a shortstop i'm going to take um a guy who i think like i said before i think is a very good player um who has the capabilities of having a consistent year yet year in and year out and that's brandon crawford uh, if i can get him in the 21st round he is well worthy of that and then my last pick before i end this um i'm just i'm gonna take my best available pitcher I mean, I think the pitching is is an, such an important part. But the thing is, is that, you know, through the season, you're going to see guys that emerge that you weren't expecting to. And I'm going to add one here, and I'm going to take Alex Cobb. Alex Cobb is well worthy here, and I love it. Awesome. I love it. All right, so thank you all for listening. It has been a great, great mock draft. I love mock drafts so very much. Jonathan Lucroy, Miguel Cabrera, Jonathan Scope, Brandon Crawford, Chris Bryant, Christian Yelich, Byron Buxton, Ender Inciarte, Travis Shaw, Kyle Seeger, and then my pitchers are Max Scherzer, Jacob deGrom, Brad Hand, and Blake Trinan as my two relief pitchers. Other pitchers are John Lester, Charlie Morton, Rick Purcello, Alex Cobb. Love those pitchers. Um, my hitters on the, you know, on the more of a bench roll could potentially make their way into the lineup. Ian Happ, Josh Bell, Jonathan VR, Odubel Herrera. So this is a stacked team. I love this team very, very much. Um, and I mean, I don't care what they give me as a, as a grade. Let's look at it. They gave me a B 84 out of hundred. It is what it is. I love that team. I hope you love that team full of ton of home runs, stolen bases, RBIs, good average for the most part, some wins in there, a lot of strikeouts. And I think that's the way you got to build your balanced lineups. 
So we will be back, hopefully all three of us, maybe just two of us for our next episode. You know, obviously our schedules are a little bit of a problem. We're still trying to pump out as much content as possible, uh, but our next episode will focus on some of the best lineups in baseball, some of the best hitting lineups in baseball. We'll go through them and why they are so important. So on behalf of myself, because no one else is here, this is the Fantasy Fan signing off.